This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We're super necessary. God, Eric, my God! Unbelievable! Hello and welcome back to Super Necessary. Today we are joined by Peter Miller. Now, Peter is a nutritionist based in Perth, Australia, who is originally from Garston in Liverpool. And um, yeah, he's just basically, he's got a company, Condition Nutrition, and he's trying to change the nutrition game, help people realise the goals, help people get a better lifestyle, essentially. Uh, so it's, it's a pleasure to have you on. Peter, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to chatting with you both. Not a problem. Thank you for uh, thank you for reaching out. It's uh, certainly something very different than anything we've done yeah. on here before. So it's uh, it's it's going to be eye opening for us. I think so. Really yeah. looking forward to it. Uh, so first of all, just just tell us how you got into the field of nutrition. Um. So so originally, when I left school, I, I didn't really do very well in school, and I ended up training to be a plumber. And then, like, six months in, I thought, oh, this is not really for me, this. And I always had an interest in sport. One of my only grades in the GCSEs was PE. So, went back to Vauxhall Road, Liverpool Community College, to the sports course. And then, um, yeah, just literally spiled from there. Ended up doing that. And then went, went to Edge Hill, did a sports science degree. And then did a master's in chess there. And then, yeah, I thought, you know, why not start my own business? And start working with athletes and stuff and then you think at the time oh it's gonna gonna kick off straight away but it's it's been a it's been a long journey to get to where I am now it's taken about four or five years but yeah so I so started off I actually started off as a meal prep company in Liverpool oh, right, um, okay. and then yeah it's sort of, like I was working with a couple of athletes and then a lot of people are inquiring oh would you cook the food and this is when, like, the meal prep thing really started, like, <laughs> kicking off. I was like, oh, okay, I'll, give, I'll give it a try. Yeah, why not? And then I started doing that. And then I'd always wanted to come to Australia. Um, it had been, like, a dream of mine to go. And then one day I just realised, yeah, fuck it. And just packed <laughs> my bags. And in six weeks, I flew to Australia on my own. And four and a half years later, I'm still here. Incredible. So, uh, yeah. So I've, I've, been, I've been doing... So I started mainly working online. But guys, and then just the power of power of social media has gone from when you get one referral to now I've got guys pretty much all across the world. It's uh, it's crazy how things work out. Yeah, it's brilliant. Did doing the meal prep stuff did that sort of did that help you understand nutrition better while you were doing that as well? Um, yeah, it, it made me realise as well that quite a lot of people are lazy. So doing, trying to like sort of help me out with my plans now as well. Like you try and make things as simple as possible. I think a big thing now, like like a lot of people try and make nutrition as complicated as possible, and like like no wonder like people are confused on the internet with all these different like diets and you know these supplements and stuff. And like it definitely helped me in terms of like breaking it down and making things as simple as possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely it is. People do think it's like quite complex, don't they? Um, but <clears throat> you mentioned about it being a dream to move Australia, but was part of that move also to pursue conditioned nutrition in a, in a different place? Or was that just, I want to go over there? Yeah, it, it was. I, 
I had the, I had like I used to <laughs> sound a bit weird. I used to watch all like neighbors and stuff. I think oh, I'd love to like <laughs> love to have like a new I'd, I'd love to have like a nutrition business out in Australia, like the sun, the the sea, the lifestyle. I, I like when I moved over, there, I thought it'd be a lot easier than it was. And when you come to Australia, like every man and his dogs into his health and fitness, it's like a completely different ball game out here, and it's taken quite a while to get used to that sort of process and the the way they do things over here and sort of adopting a bit more of a Aussie Aussie kind of attitude. That's hard to yeah. explain. But yeah, um but yeah, I, I was naive when I came out. I just thought, yeah, I'll I'll I, I when I was doing the meal prep, I did quite a lot of stuff online anyway, doing like meal plans, diet plans, and I thought I could just transfer that over and I'd be yeah, all good to go. And then yeah, it took it, it took probably about Three and a half years to actually get it as a full full time business again over here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, over here we've got like takeaways on every corner. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming <laughs> Australia is, isn't like that, so there must have been. A do you know? Do you know what? There's it's it's surprising. It's actually loads. So like it's weird. <laughs> so they have so they have like they have like shopping. They have like shopping malls and like what like every like. It's in Casey, so like every like couple of miles, and there's always like KFC, McDonald's, Burger King. There's loads over it. It's 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 actually more than at home. But like I think I think it's the like I think it's just the lifestyle thing. A lot of people because the weather's nice. You know, most of the year our winters are you know they they're like 16, 17 degrees during the day. So I think people have got a lot more of an active lifestyle, mm. and they take the food a lot more seriously. Um. But yeah, it's just it's sort of getting just getting used to that kind of that way of living. It's a, it definitely took a, a while to yeah, to get used to it. Do you, do you think that's more for for the tourists when they come over? Oh look, there's a KFC. We know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, it's it's crazy because you see the the mad into the coffee over here, like coffee in the mornings, like a like a iced latte and all stuff like that. When you go to the the McDonald's drive through and it'll be in the morning and it'll be like miles long, just people getting the coffees. It's, it's weird. It's a bit, yeah. It's, uh... um, obviously, you, you say that everyone's sort of into health and fitness in Australia anyway. Have you had to do anything to try and make yourself stand out more than to, to, to succeed over there? Well, I, th- I think the big thing for me is I, so I used to work, I used to work with everyone. I used to work with like, general population I used to work with you know some footballers rugby players and then I was working with combat sports athletes and then I really like niched it down and I think ever since I've niched it down to combat sports it's really that's where it's taken off in terms of my business and because I feel like sometimes when you're a bit too broad you, when you're posting stuff on your social media and stuff like that but like probably like yourselves like the messages get mixed so when I really like I've always been interested in in like combat sports and stuff like that but as soon as I niche me business down to that area that's when my business took off yeah that makes sense so on the 13th of October you put a post up about um, your goals for conditioned nutrition and sort of the amount of time uh, you wanted to hit them goals Uh, can you just sort of talk a little bit about where you was in life at that point and sort of what made you, you know, what did you do to hit them goals sort of two and a half years earlier than you planned? Um, so at that point, I, I was just, I, I came over and I got into like a sort of travel bug and didn't really, because like I'll be honest, I came out here very naive and then you sort of get a bit lost where like you, it's a, it's a big it's a big place when you come on the other side of the world and you're own and I was in hostels and stuff like that and wasn't really too sure to do and then yeah I wrote down a list of, of goals that I wanted to achieve while I was over here and um I think really like I didn't actually believe believe in myself a lot I didn't I didn't believe that I could actually do it I think that was the big part I think as soon as I actually thought you know what I can I can hit them goals and a bit of belief and you know I'm I'm mad into like me me self-improvements and motivational videos and stuff like that and it starts getting like that and then it's just a spiral I think it's like I, I look back at how like when I when I wrote them down and then to where I am now it's just crazy I didn't I, like I, I, I probably 
never thought it would happen, but it's just like a spiral effect. Like once it got a couple of guys weighing in, reviews, and then someone sees it on social media, and it's just literally just gone from that over the past 12 months to, yeah, it's crazy. Like, as it's like mentioned on, on that post, like, you know, work with a couple of UFC fighters now, um, world champion Muay Thai fighters, boxers, so it's like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy, the power of social media, and like that one, years ago, that kind of stuff wouldn't happen, and yeah, I'm definitely very grateful for the position I'm in now. Uh, I think one of the biggest things is is the belief in yourself. Like, oh yeah, 100%. if you didn't have that, where where do you think you would be in the, in this journey? Like, if you didn't think I need to I've, believe in myself, I'd probably be back home. To be honest with you, like uh, I'll be honest, like I, I was, like I've gone too deep, but like, I was in a with with a partner, and she wanted to go home at the time. Things weren't going great over here, like job situation, like. I seriously considered about going home and then that sort of thing sort of dissolved and I I realised I wanted to stick at it. And then, yeah, it's um, it, it's crazy what you can do when you actually, and it sounds really cliche, but actually when you believe in yourself and yeah. you can actually do, you can actually do quite a lot of things. Yeah, that's no, true. It's believe in yourself, you know, push yourself as far as you can go. You yeah, know, even the weekend is gone, you know. Shows you like if you believe in yourself, you can defeat a, a world champion who's been there for over five years, you know, and make it look easy as well. So, yeah, no, definitely big thing is believe in yourself. Um, so next one then, sort of tying into current situations, you know, everything that's going on. How important yeah. is it now, like more than ever, for people to get the right nutrition? Um. I think it's about like if a reference to sort to fighters, I think at the moment, you know, there's been there's been lockdowns for months and months now and you know, people's fights have been put off and put off and then that that can have a, a toll on your mental health. Like I've I've spoken to fighters openly and they they they've been really down about things and like, you know, I've I've trained X amount of time for the fight and they from getting pushed back to these lockdown delays and you know, when you're in that mindset, sometimes you can go, say, off the rails, but you can go off the plan and start eating more, put on weight, and then when the fight comes up, if you're in a more difficult situation when you started in. And, um, yeah, I think, I'll, I'll, and also in the sense of right now, you know, it is a good thing, social media and the internet, you know, accessible information, but there's also a lot of misinformation. Mm. And for especially for fighters and how you know how to make weight, how not to make weight, and like it's it's a for, for me my for my practice it's it's often a daily thing trying to you know a guy will come over what do you think about this I've been told about this and you're constantly trying to you know fact check and like reassure yeah. that this is the right way to do things and it's not this way it's just but it, at the same time with, with combat sports MMA etc it's like it's sort of passed down the bad, the bad sort of diet culture and this coach did that and that coach did that and then oh, this guy did it. You know, you see like the, the Dagestanis, they made weight, the t- like they make really, like it's not the best practices, but yeah. you know, the world champion, oh, he's a world champion, he's done it this way, that must be the right way to do it, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah is, the, is the challenges in, obviously, Different people have different sort of needs and different wants and stuff. So, um, how much difficulty is there in in sort of making it, making plans for every individual person? Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of time you got to take into because I, I work with guys in different countries and stuff. So you know you have to take into account like cultural differences, religious beliefs, and stuff like that, which is sometimes can be challenging. Um, but you really got to like I try and get my the way I work I try and cater for them like make their life as easy as possible like I wouldn't give if someone who doesn't eat, eat salmon you know is, is salmon three times a week you've got to really like cater around I think that's a that's a big thing especially like the fitness the fitness area and even like like nutritionists like it's like you think it's a one size fits all approach and 
you know, if it works for them, it's going to work for that, like someone else. And, you know, there's no sort of tailoring around. So I, I try and be is like really get a good assessment of the, the individual, what, what the needs are, what the foods they like, you know, because when you're in a, you're in a fight camp, for example, you, it's, it's hard enough as it is. So you want to make the, the process as easy as possible and have things that they actually enjoy to eat and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I've seen a post of someone eating ice cream. It was like seaweed conditioned nutrition. I can eat ice cream. You know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> well, so it's... Well, a, that, that one of them got that guy actually. He, he was notorious, so like he'll openly admit. So he's a he's a Muay Thai fighter, and he, he said like the last time, first time working with nutritionists, but he's been he's been doing it for a while now, and he he said he often lost seven kilos in the bath the night before. Used to just yeah. eat shit the whole time, and then, like, when I was asking him what his what his, his favourite foods, I said, "Look, I love Halo ice cream. Like, is there any way we can incorporate Halo ice cream into the diet plan?" I was like, "You know what? Yeah, like we can we can work around it." Like, <laughs> and like, and do you know what? Him having that Halo ice cream that makes his that makes his whole fight camp a lot easier because he knows at the end of the day he can have something that he enjoys and psychologically. Yeah. That can make a massive difference. Yeah, I think, I think even just from like, you know, just an, an average person's point of view, the one thing I've always sort of told myself if I've been dieting is, well, one, don't really call it a diet, but also if you want something, just just kind of just have it, even if it's not yeah. necessarily on your plan, just because if you sort of say, no, I can't have that and keep putting it off, eventually yeah. it'll just sort of come back and you'll end up having 10 of the things that you wanted instead of that one at the time kind oh, of thing. Yeah, 100%. Because, like, I <clears throat> I get guys, like, I have quite a mix with some guys, like, give them a plan, like, they follow it, they don't really ask any questions, and you get some, oh, like, I, I had, like, a, a chocolate bar, or I had, like, am I all right to go out for a meal tonight? I'm just like, yeah, go, like, go for it. Like, like look like you're training three times a day, you're, you're following your plan, Six days, like go, go and enjoy yourself. I, I want you to do that. I don't want like because if that, as you said, if you don't do that, that builds up. Then you start getting more stressed out, and it just like you would just want to make it as easy as possible. And, like especially with like a fighter, the amount of, the amount they train, you can allow that a lot more. Definitely. Um, but yeah, a lot. I think it's a big thing with like eating disorders as well. There's like been a couple of studies where like with the continuous weight cycling, a lot of guys in, in the future have eating disorders. And so it, it, it's a, it's a big problem. And I think you've just got to educate them and where like, you've got to have some balance, but as long as you're consistent, I like, look, if you're consistent 80% of the time and yeah, you can, you want to go out for something to eat or you want to have a beer, like go for it. Like you, you don't want to live like a monk. Yeah. But then obviously yeah. like you've got to, you've got to take into account like, Say if 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 someone had a really big cut, well, I well people who really work for me don't I don't typically get them to a big cut, but you know if it's a few weeks out, maybe yeah, you can you need to be a little bit strict there. But if you're if you're hitting the targets and you've got a good amount of time preparing, then yeah, it's all good to me. Good stuff. Um, so just sort of touching on that on that then. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, is there much difference in creating a plan for? like your sort of pro athletes that you've got and then you're just your average person who's just looking to keep themselves in shape? Yeah, so majority now, I, I like 90% of my clients are all are all fighters. I only only really work with, the only like general population people I work with is just people who are actively training in MMA or jiu-jitsu. So it's sort of, um, yeah, so like with, the, with, with a fight camp plan or like, with someone who's training, it's sort of the same principles, but you've got to, sorry, and yeah, so yeah, with, with the general population, it's not, it, you don't have to, I can't, what's, what's the word, but you don't have to take as many, so for example, on a fight camp plan, you need to get, you know, body fat assessments, ideally you want to get like, blood work before you start, just so all the bases are covered, before you're making that weight because often guys are going to lose quite a lot of weight and, you know, there's health implications for the, for, for the 
average Joe, you don't really need to get them markers because they're just losing weight at a slow rate. They haven't got a time scale to do that. So it's um yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a lot different. But yeah, as I said, like now, like majority of my work is just with guys in fight camps or in and around a fight. Yeah. Um I think you may have may have touched on it a little bit there, but um on your Instagram you, you've posted like some videos showing athletes going through certain tests, um, yeah. like the, the mask on and that. What, yeah. what what are they tested for then? How does that help to make a nutrition plan? So one of the first ones, like VO2 max, so basically it's it's a marker of your fitness. So like your your aerobic capacity. So if you if you translate that into a fight, how like have you got an engine to to last mm-hmm. the fight? You know, the last five rounds. So you know the VO2 max is probably like the one of the main tests you do. So say for example, so I'll give you an example. So I'm working with a guy. Um, who's got his UFC debut in yeah, 270. Yeah. And so we've got data from the UFC PI. So we do the test, the VO2 max test, and we can compare that to his division, the welterweight division, and what's good or what's bad. So then you can use that, for example, say he had, in, 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 in comparison to normative data, you know, an average VO2 max, then we know that, we need to work on that during training. We need to do some more endurance stuff. And then, for example, we did a, a Wingate test. A Wingate test basically measures your anaerobic power, so basically your power output. Nice. So, you know, if you've got a, a below average power output, you're right, we need to do some more hit stuff to get that to get that power output up. And same with, like, the strength. So it's all, like, tailing around. Like, obviously, a lot of fighters haven't got access to them facilities, you know, I'm quite lucky that I've got ECU University down the road and there's a guy who works there, Dr. Oliver Barley. He's like probably one of the best combat sports researchers in the world. So we're lucky to have them facilities to bring local pair fighters in there. But for you that, you know, your amateur guy, it is quite difficult to do that. But I always say like test don't get. So I do, you definitely want to be getting some form of body fat assessment because if you're making the weight, say you're, for example, you're 79 kilos and you need to make lightweight, but you've got 7% body fat, like where, where the fuck are you getting, where are you losing that weight from? It's like, where are you pulling it from? So like, it's always good to get a body fat assessment because you go, right, this is where we're at. We know we can lose X amount from flight week and then we can lose the remaining weight through, you know, acute weight loss strategies we'll probably dive into later, but it's always important to get a body fat scan because, like, uh, you've probably seen on my post, like, test don't guess. If you're not, you're not testing, you're guessing. And with combat sports, there's a lot of health implications. It, it's not it's not just, you know, a rugby player feeling up for the game. There's, there's a lot of things that you've got to take into account. So, yeah, you've got it. Uh, you've got uh, ideas. So, my... my my starting process for someone signing up is, is a body fat scan. And if they can get some blood work, because I've had incidents in the past where guys have felt like fatigued during training. I was like, look, I've pushed on them to get blood work and then they've been iron deficient. But we wouldn't have known that yeah. until we got Without, until we yeah. got a blood test. So like, you know, then you can work on it then. If you wouldn't got them tests, you wouldn't know. Same with like obviously, as I mentioned before, the like the, the VO2 max test and Wingate test and stuff like that that you get you can only really do in like a university. But if we wouldn't have known that data, we wouldn't have known what to work on for him for his UFC debut kind of thing. So yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Definitely the sports science side of it, isn't it? It's very intriguing life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it well it's it's crazy to to see how much it's come along and how like originally with with like combat sports research, like I remember when I was in uni, I had to do like a case study on a fighter and I was looking at the research and it was literally like next to no research. And now luckily with like the UFC PI and stuff like that, more more and more research is coming out. So it's because there's a lot more sports science, especially like in MMA now. Um, which is good because like 
more research, more good research is coming out, and you know, even studies like there's like studies on water load and what's the best way to water load, what's the best way of you know your macros for fight camp, or what's the best way to you know lose the weight come fight week and stuff like that. So it's it, it's definitely it's definitely a growing area, and it's like I I thought it really cool. So I didn't I didn't originally know that. There's like data from the US EPI. So like when I got told that we do these tests with um one of my clients, like we can compare it against the the other UFC fighters in that division. I'm like that's fucking that's awesome. Yeah. Like being able to see being able to see that and go, right, he's he's better, he's he's above average in that area and he's he's doing better than so and so in this area. It's like that's like that's like really cool to like see. And it's like years ago, like even like two, three years ago, I don't think I don't think the US CPI is, but I think it's only been open for about four years. Like, say, like five years ago. Five years ago, you wouldn't have been able to got that data. And it's like, it's cool how everything's evolving now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so quick as well. All these, all these advancements and stuff like that. It's just, it's amazing. And it's, it must obviously be a massive help to you. Like you say, <clears throat> with that one fighter, you found out he was iron deficient. So you can obviously then cater his nutrition to bring his, his iron levels up. Yeah, and like that's a, like because I've had problems with not problems, but like if someone's inquired about a plan, and I've gone look like I need this and this one before we start. I'm like, well, why why do we need that? Like, you know, obviously costs and stuff, but like the way I look at it, it's like it's your health. Like you want to you want to know what you know what's 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 going on inside your body. You know, like so like sometimes that tears people to work because they they drive up. Oh, I'd rather just go to someone else and just get a g- generic kind of thing, but. Like my process is like I want to get as much information as I can, and like, like even though I work remote, like mostly remotely, I I still get some of my like guys back in the UK to, to try and get them tests, like they, them VO two max tests, them Wingate tests, because at the highest level, them small percentages can be the difference between winning and losing. Yeah, as uh, a lot of people say, it's a game of inches, and with yeah, that, it's, those little details can make the biggest difference. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you mentioned talking about weight cuts and obviously we do see a lot of fighters struggling with them you see them fighting the weigh-ins and stuff like that and just really not in a good way with it in your opinion can weight cuts be done safely with the right nutrition or do you think it's something that needs to be changed I think it can it, you can you can do it if it's done the right way so you need a big problem that a lot of fighters have is like the they've got too much weight to cut to start off with and the the following advice off you know the coach or someone who has no real expertise in nutrition and first thing you do is like boom cut out carbs straight away say they have the same they've got eight weeks out and they just cut carbs straight away so protein and veg and then it comes to fight week and say they've still got you know six kilos to lose for example like the only way they're getting that weight that weight off is through you know severe dehydration or you know sitting in the sauna. So if I, I'll backtrack, actually I'll backtrack a little bit. So say you, I'll give like a case study example. Say someone was seventy eight and they had to weigh in at seventy, and gave them a, from like week one to one week out over an eight week period. We gave them like a, I typically. Um, go for a three to one principle, so like three grams per kilogram body mass for carbohydrate. So, you know, so 78 times three is around 160 odd, anyway. So, you do that, and then you times about for protein, you times by two, um, and then one is one gram per kilogram, so it's 140 grams of protein, 70 grams of fat, for example. And you do that up until fight week, you gradually lose the weight. So, say, for example, your I mean, actually, I made this sound really confused. No, uh, <laughs> so, so I mean, I'll, I'll go back. So say, so say someone's someone's seventy eight kilos, needs to weigh in seventy. I know I could get you, and you've got eight weeks out. I know I could get you to around seventy five. Come fight week, with a proper nutrition plan, and we can lose that remaining weight from doing acute weight loss strategies. So the first one is carbohydrate restriction. So if you cook one gram of carbs, hold three grams of water. If you're eating quite a lot of carbohydrates throughout your fight camp, simply by just removing carbs the final week, you can lose potentially around like two kilos of body weight. Mm. 
And then the second one would be fiber. So fiber, a lot of fiber gets like undigested in the gut. So if you're eating a lot of fiber throughout your fight camp, a lot of it, a lot of fruits, veggies, you remove fiber in the final week, like four days out, less than 10 grams a day. Once again, you could lose around one to two kilos. And then salt, salt osmotic, so it holds onto water. So once again, simply just remove salt from your diet. And you can some people can lose around a kilo. So that's just water weight. So it's not actually tissue. So simply like just by manipulating your diet, you can lose quite a lot of body weight. And then say you've only got, you know, one kilo to lose in, in the hot bath or sauna, and then it's it ends up being a pretty it would end up being an easier wake up. But what a lot of guys do, they don't have a proper nutrition plan to start with. And then it comes to fight week and they've already starved themselves for that long. Mm. They can't use them strategies um, to, to get that weight off. If that makes sense? Yeah. 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 So, so that, yeah. That, that's, a, that's a big problem where, like, uh, as I've said before, like, they, they under, undertake too big of a cut to start with. They haven't got any, like, you know, body fat assessments, you think, oh, yeah, it's good to go. And they, for example, like, yeah, under 10%, they're trying to lose, you know, eight, nine kilos. And it's just, it's just, it's just too hard sometimes. I've had, I've had difficult conversations with people and say, look, like, I thought it's going to be a shit weight cut. I don't advise you to do it. But then you've got to take into account where this guy's getting paid to do that. And, you know, a lot of the time, the coach is going to say, fuck what the nutritionist says, you're taking the fight. You know, especially in a remote set, like, especially with a side weight remote, they've got more contact mm. with the coach than me. So they're like, the coach is going to say, you're taking the fight. And that's a, that's some, that sometimes is an issue. But uh, bringing it back to what we said, like, if you do, if you have the right structured nutrition plan and you've got enough time to make the weight, that fight we can, can, you can easily, will safely lose around eight to ten percent of your body weight just from them strategies that I mentioned. Yeah, it, it sounds like a lot of it as well is just changing bad habits in when it comes to weight cutting. Um, it just sounds like there's there's some bad practices, you know. Um, well, unsafe practices, I should say. Um, yeah. yeah, it just sounds like a lot of it is changing changing those habits and. Try and make fighters think a bit differently about their approach. Yeah, because that's the thing I get a lot. A guy will come to me in like three weeks out, and like, oh, I've got excellent losing three weeks. It's like, you know, I'm not, I, I like a lot of people do get fights on short notice, but then sometimes you speak to them, like, oh, I've been doing this for, I've been in camp five weeks now. It's like, you, you, you're now thinking about doing the weight, the weight, the weight descent now. Yeah. It's like, you've got it, you've got it, you've got to be prepared. And then, you're continuously doing a bad cut, a bad cut after bad cut. It just takes its toll on the body. And like, there's been studies where you know even when I saying about um, eating disorders, and you know there's there's a there's a theory where like the continuous weight cycling, your body gets primed more for fat storage. So the more you lose the weight, put the weight back on, lose the weight, put the weight back on, it just makes it harder and harder as the years go on to actually make that weight. And like, that was that was one thing I was actually gonna ask is like what's worse? Like I'm thinking about Paddy the Baddy, like cutting a lot of weight or putting weight on so quick, like you know, he, he balloons up after after the fight. Like yeah. what's worse in your opinion, putting that weight on so quick in a short space of time or like a, a severe weight cut? In terms of the body, like, well, there was actual, there was a study actually on Paddy the Body from a guy, um, a guy in Liverpool, John Moores, where he did, I can't remember, it was a few years ago, and he did a really big weight cut, and he checked like his kidney health, and he had like acute kidney damage and stuff like that, like, yeah, like that. That's like that's like 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 really bad, but I think it's a bit of both, really, where if you're ballooning up after the fight, then it just makes it it just makes it hard and harder. So I try and implement what's called like a reverse diet. It's a bit big in like the bodybuilding scene. So like I try to, this is like a lot of the time, guys, when you finish the fight, they've won all the loss, like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go and go off for a bit and do whatever. Yeah. 
but I try and get guys to go right. Let's try and slowly introduce the calories back in. So we do it like a stepwise fashion instead of just putting it all back on and, and ballooning up. If you do it in a slower fashion, you don't put as much weight on, you don't put as much body fat on. And then when you get the call again to go for another fight, it's not it's not as it's not as um difficult, but the majority of people unfortunately like yeah, they go they go off going all they go to Tenerife, balloon up again and then it's the same thing again, but then this time it's that little bit harder. And then yeah. the next time it's that little bit harder. And then the next time it's that little bit harder. And then, yeah, it's, it's, it's just about education. And I understand as well. I, I try and like, whether they're with me or not, I try and educate them out of fight camp. Say, look, try and be a bit more watchful and more eating and stuff. But sometimes it's easier said than done. To <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I think with a lot of it's, it's, it's harder. You can, Focus on fighting or and improving your technique there, or having the fight week be focused on uh, so the that that time span leading up to the fight that being more focused on getting the weight cut. And I, I think a lot of the time it's more it's either that or that. You know what I mean? You can't like combine it and do it in uh, not a lot of balance. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and as well, you got to take into account. With- these guys have been training, you know, eight weeks, three times a day, and like they, they've trained hard, and like they want to like just blow off a bit of steam. And I understand that, like that's cool, but like this is my this is me putting like me like me science nerdy hat on. But like if you want to like just sustain career, like you've got to like sort of be a bit more. Like a few days is cool, weeks cool, but like. Going on to like two, three weeks in a month, and then you're like, oh, you know, 15 kilos heavier now. It's just like, you've got it. You, you've, because you've, weight cutting isn't, as I mentioned before, it's not, it's not just the easy thing that everyone can do. And it's, you know, there's no, there's no health implications. Like, you do it wrong, there is, it can, it can be fatal. So you've got to, you've got to, you've got to be wary. You know, I've had instances with guys where, you know, as soon as you've started following a plan, or started working yourself or someone like me, like the whole game just completely changed and the best shape you've ever been and the the hitting new levels just from being a bit more mindful of the nutrition now. Yeah. 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 Um so with this one a lot might differ from like nutritionist to nutritionist, but in your opinion, can can we really live well and to our body's full potential with like a limited diet? So say like for example, a vegan might not consume, like, won't consume meat. Like, can we live to our full potential with, with limiting our, what we eat? It's uh, a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if I can really give a definitive, definitive answer to that. I should, like, in terms of... In terms of a vegan diet, like you, you can get all the the macronutrients, micronutrients from um, in comparison to a, a, a like a, a meat eating diet, but you need to consume the right things. You like, for example, protein. Like a, a lot of you know vegan proteins aren't complete sources of protein, which means they lack like essential amino acids. So you need to combine different protein sources to get the same amount that you get in meat. So, um, yeah, but then at the same time, like like a vegan, for example, you, you've got to take into like ethical reasons. But there's no, there's, I wouldn't say there's no, bring it back to what I said before, there's no like one size fits all diet. There's, there's, there's diets that work or, or, or meal plans, I wouldn't say like that, but meal plans that work better for some, work better for others. But, um yeah, I don't think I answered that question that very well. <laughs> <laughs> so sort of touching on that question then, if you have got a client who's following a vegan diet, does that is that harder for you to plan a nutrition plan for them? Because obviously you've got to take into account if they have to take different supplements and stuff like that to oh, get the same nutritional value. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like it's, it's like it's like really it's a lot harder because <laughs> like well, I'll give you an example. For example, like fight week. So you know when I mentioned before about cutting the carbs out and you know just having protein and 
on the five. So basically, I'll give so something like salmon and green veggies be like a fight week meal, for example. But with a vegan, a lot of protein sources for vegans are also carb sources. So, right. like for example, lent- lentils have got protein in, but they've also got carbs in. Chickpeas have got protein in, but they've got carbs in. So it takes a lot more planning for like, especially a fight week plan compared to meat eater. Not so uh, it's not, it's not, it's not. It, you, you, I'll actually be honest. I've only actually worked with two, with two vegans. Surprisingly, it's like, I, 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 like, especially with like the popularity of vegan diets. I thought like you get a lot more people, like fighters, like adopting a vegan diet, but it's it's not actually as many as I thought to be honest. Yeah, so but, like, I, I, but, then, but, then, but then at the same time, I don't really want to go, oh, just like tofu is probably the best sort of source. For, like, say for, for fight week because it's got, I've got many carbs and like, you don't really like eating, to, eating tofu and veg for a week. It's like, like, I don't really like, it doesn't sound great, does it? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> yes. but, but basically, you don't want to take away too much, really. As you say, like chickpeas and have the protein and the carbs, like, you don't want to. Yeah, so it makes it a bit, yeah, and then it's got the fibre in as well. So, like, it makes it a lot more difficult than, say, like, if I was just giving you some lean protein and veggie, like, if you're a meat eater, just chicken, beef, steak, fish, like, it's a, it's, it takes a lot more plan. And then there's obviously the, you've got to take into account that creatines have low, uh, creatines, vegans have lower, like, creatine, creatine stores because they don't eat meat. The, so you've got to take into account like supplements and vitamin B12 that you typically get from meat and like it there's a lot more I would say a lot more plan because the all, all plans like take a bit of time, but the, it, there's a lot more ins and outs of that. But like, I wouldn't say luckily, but I haven't I haven't really worked with many vegans <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it is where you suddenly get an influx of, yeah. of vegans, <laughs> you know. I was like, oh shit. Some new, recipe, new recipes and trophy recipes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so what advice would you give to people who wanted to start eating better but might have a, a limited understanding of nutrition? So, for instance, a lot of people when they're just starting to diet or starting to work out and stuff like that, they'll sort of adopt a chicken and rice diet. Um, yeah. what, would you, what would you sort of advise them? I think you've got to... The first thing I'd say is you, you want to get at least four or five good protein feedings in a day. So there's been studies on, so if you're, if you're working out and you're in a calorie deficit, like having adopting a high protein diet can help with weight loss, can help maintain the muscle mass. And also it's got a satiety effect. So having a lot more protein in your diet can make you feel full and not as hungry. So I typically, as a baseline, just have four or five protein feedings a day. So Keep it simple, like you know, like like a protein sauce you best, like omelette, yogurt, smoothie. Just try and get the, just try and get some bait, like some good eating habits, some consistent eating habits. Because a lot of people like breakfast is one of the worst meals. That, like for people avoiding studies have shown that people often underconsume food on breakfast or skip breakfast, and it's just really getting them them habits in place, some good eating habits, and then sort of working from there um, you know eating eating lots of vegetables you know you know and green cooked vegetables you know as much veg as you can to get a lot of fiber in your diet you know try and avoid your calories from like drinks sports drinks or anything like that and yeah just and with your healthy fat as well like your oils avocados and nuts seeds so it's really just educating them on having the good habits to start off with. And then you, once they get a little bit more understanding, then you can sort of delve deeper into, you know, the specific numbers of what you should be having. Um, but yeah, it, it, like a lot of people, like the majority of people don't don't have that knowledge. So overwhelming them with, you know, you need to be eating, you know, 150 grams of protein a day or this like that. It's just like, People just after a while, it's like, oh, I can't be fucked with this, like, or tracking, <laughs> like, tracking food and stuff like that. It's like, like I do, so like, I, like, tracking is just, I, I, for the general public, it's just like, it's just, I, I, 
you just end up losing the plot in the end. And then that's when that's when as well where like potentially the shoulders come in because you're that obsessed with like that number and getting into mm. that gram and like you know insane off it. <laughs> yeah, you can. I mean, there's there's a fair a company I've heard of. Um, one of my mates used them, Team RH. I'm not sure if you've seen them. Um, to Geordie fella. Um, okay. And you've got their own app, and basically they take your weight and your height and all stuff like that, and then they give yeah. you the sort of have a set uh, set amount of calories for the day, how much protein you should have, um, how, how much carbs and all stuff like that, how much fat. But I think when you're tracking it <clears throat> and you're trying to eat better, they can seem unrealistic. So me mate who uses it, he's, he's about five eight and say about I think it's about like 13, 14 stone. And he was saying you need to have like 2,500 calories a day. And it's like, when you're actually tracking that, it's it seems so unrealistic because you want to eat healthy and you're eating yeah. healthy throughout the day and he's, he might get to like 1,200 calories by the end of the day. And it's like, I've got to make up another 1,300 calories. Where am I getting <laughs> yeah. that from? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, I understand that it can, it, things like that are unrealistic and your method seems a lot better because you are catering every little bit to their individual needs and you're not just sort of going we've got this metric, we've got this metric, here's what you need to do. You're getting yeah. every little bit of information to understand them better before you say, here's what you need to do. Well, the thing is, well, I, I, I give, like, actual recipes to follow, so I don't, so I think I find it a lot easier because, you know, a guy, a, a guy's in fight camp and you're saying, like, you need to hit these numbers and not giving them any sort of idea and then, like, well, we're, like what, what, what to do. Like, I give recipes out to them to follow each day. So it makes it a lot easier. So all you need to do is cook the meal. It's already worked out for you. The portions, the ingredients, like it's done. And that just takes one one bit of stress off the man. And you don't have to worry about, you know, you know, doing this, doing that. Um but like with the fight camp, you, you just try and make it as, as simple as possible because as I mentioned before, like it's like they've got a lot of other factors to focus on and you know, my job, like I, I, I always say in a lot of my, like my videos and stuff, like my, my jobs to make nutrition simple for them, mm, take yeah. away this, take away the stress of what they should, shouldn't eat, yeah. it gives them time to like focus on, yeah, like performance and competition. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so c- can you can you tell us some um some common myths or like sort of that's common misinformation just so we can educate some people. Um, about about these, you know, that the yeah. <laughs> that they're wrong basically, and if you follow them, they might, you know, might not be good for you. Um, so I'll I'll give it a reference to like fighters. So like a, a ketogenic diet, you should adopt the ketogenic diet to lose the weight. So that's that's so a, a ketogenic diet probably like the worst diet for a fighter to have because. Right. Because MMA is high, MMA is a high high intensity sport. So to feel that is the energy source is carbohydrates. If you're taking away carbohydrates and just having fat in your diet, your ability to perform at them high intensities is limited. Mm. So I, I referenced I referenced it in a video I did a while ago. It's like it's like putting unleaded petrol in an F one F one car. Like the car will get round the track. But it's not going to hit them high speeds yeah. that it's meant to. So you know, this is a big thing where like people, you know, if you adopt a ketogenic diet, you may lose weight. A lot of it is potentially water weight, as I mentioned before. But you know, you juice carbohydrates. But a lot of guys are like, oh well, I, like I've I've had icons of people on on Instagram like, well, well, I I I lost this and I I lost the weight and I felt great and it's like yeah, but like. I try and give them a reference. Like you want, you want to do the best thing possible. Like it's like, as I said, like it's like an F one car. Like why would you, why would you, why would you put unleaded in F one? What you want to, yeah. you want to be fueling. You don't want to limit you yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and like you know, sometimes like it goes. Like, I literally have had like really big debates with people. It's like, <laughs> and it's it, sometimes it's just like you don't want to sound like oh like Mister Big Ball and say like look it's like. I work with guys like you you in the UFC, like I speak to people in the UFC PI. Nobody in that UFC PI prescribes a ketogenic diet. Like you don't see any of them doing you don't see anyone doing that. And like it, it, like 
because it doesn't because it's not the right thing for the fighter and like yeah that Keita and Dice probably one of them. Another one I think. Um a bit different. All the stuff about like running, like running running a sweatsuit like a couple of weeks out, I have like you've probably seen it. People are running in the sweating, like on like to lose weight. I'm like, like that's just like you're just losing water. You're not losing as soon as you have fluid back in your body. It's gonna be yeah. back in your system. Like I've had, <laughs> especially so I've got a couple of guys. So I've got a couple of guys in Russia, and like the Russians are like some of the weight making practices are pretty crazy. And, like a lot of them go, well, I'm just going running this. I'm running this the three weeks out. Oh, I'm gonna run in the sweating today to get a couple of kilos off. And I was like, uh, like you do know that's just. It's just water because there's just two differences: there's water weight and there's actual body tissue. And like people still think that running the sweatsuit a couple of weeks out is like something that you should do. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's a another. And I'm trying to think, trying to think one more. Um, <clears throat> I think it's for me. It's probably the same really with the cat with the carbohydrates. Not necessarily adopting the ketogenic diet, but. The first thing they need to do when they need to lose the weight a few weeks out, boom, let's get rid of all the carbs. Let's just have protein and veg. And then a couple of weeks in, like, oh, how do you feel? Mate? I feel like shit. Like, oh, yeah. no, no, no wonder you feel like shit. You've got no carbs. <laughs> like, um, but that's, as I mentioned before, that's like a lot down to the, the culture and the it's, it's been passed down. I'll, yeah, John, John, John in the gym did it this way. So we, and he made weight E four for ten years doing that. I was like, oh yeah, like great. Like, he did it that way, but it's the best way to do it. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, going back to the keto diet. I mean, anything that suggests having putting a stick of butter in your coffee in the morning can't be good for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's just not not right, is it? I mean, I suppose, I think the keto. Diet, uh, diet, it has sort of improved somewhat. I mean, I remember years ago you had the Atkins diet, and um, yeah. <clears throat> that was like you lose weight on it, but it was so unhealthy. It was like, yeah, just don't eat carbs, eat whatever you want. Otherwise, as long as it's not carbs, it's like you could go, yeah. you could go to the chippy and get a big tray of dollar meat, and you'd be like, oh, I'm on the diet, I'm fine. <laughs> it was like it was crazy. Um, What's well, the thing with, with the keto <clears throat> thing? Like for the for the general person like wants to lose weight keto diet may work it, it, it probably will work but for the fighter which is you know high intensity stuff your body needs carbohydrate to feel that yeah and like this is this is going on to like another potential like myth like oh people go oh i'll go on keto but then i'll just have some carbohydrates and i'll be all good they cannot come fight day mm. and it's like it doesn't really work like that like your body can once you it's been studies showing if you adopt the ketogenic diet for a certain period of time and then you reintroduce carbohydrates, your body can't metabolize it properly, so it becomes it, it doesn't absorb it properly. So then you get gut, gut discomfort. So it's not as simple as you know, flicking a light switch and oh, yeah, back again, got carbs in your system and raring to go for the yeah. fight. It's just, it just it doesn't work like that. But I'll go into like biochemistry shit kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, that's that's the unfortunate thing with the internet where you know someone you know these celebrity fitness trainer things oh you do this and and, and they just go into areas which they just don't have any idea about and as I said before like especially with combat sports like people can die like it's as mm-hmm. simple as that like people can die, people can die from stuff like that there's a girl in Perth like two and a half years ago where she got told by a trainer she had to lose six kilos. She's only 18. That's lose six kilos, apparently. And she's running the sauna suit, um, a sweatsuit and she's collapsing dad. And it's just like, yeah. that's like crazy. And it's like, that's someone giving advice who just doesn't have a clue. Yeah. And it's like, it's not, it's, 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 it's not a thing to sort of like mess around. Like, there's been incidents in the past where it's like, I think one of the first studies I read on this was like three collegiate wrestlers in like 1996 or something and they, they died in the sauna. And it's just like, it's crazy thing and these these guys are doing this kind of stuff and then they're competing the next day and say, like, but then you get someone who's, who's, who's advocating these diets or you should do this and should do that with no, with no expertise or no sort of nutrition qualifications. Like, like, 
it, it, it can be a series where people people can die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, one thing I did want to ask you just on the while we're just on the top of a, a myths. One thing I've always sort of been advised about carbs is um don't have any carbs on a day where you train. Is that something you suggest or is that just a bit of a strange one? On the day when you actually like just the day of so training. Like, yeah, so for like just an average person. So if you train, say, four times a week, don't have any carbs on whatever four days you would go to the gym or train or whatever. Yeah. Um that's probably the first I've heard of it. Like I've noticed <laughs> the, the, the 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 thing where like you know people go on about like performing faster cardio in the mornings and stuff like that. But it's all it, it's it, it's hard because it's a very, I would say, a very broad. Like, it's all dependent on the on the person. Like, you know, they could no carbs before training because they're doing a run up. But then, if they're doing it, they're playing football or something. You're gonna need carbs to feel yeah. training because you're gonna feel like shit. It's like, it's all. That's this other thing about nutrition. It's like a lot of people just put it one just a blanket statement on things and just like that's it for everybody. Well, it, it, you don't take into account like what people's needs are, what what the goals are. It's just like, yeah, don't need carbs after eight o'clock, and then that's it. Like, yeah, no one has to do that. It's just, yeah. yeah. Um, but hopefully, like in the sort of the other end of the spectrum, where now social media is growing and growing, there's more people, let's say like myself or other nutritionists, spreading some good knowledge about, and you know hopefully dispelling these myths and people aren't going to follow these bad dietary advice that we've, that's been sort of passed down for years. Yeah, I, I think a big thing with them as well is like, it, it seems to be, uh, like, it, it sort of becomes trendy, you know what I mean? So when you mentioned oh, the yeah. keto diet, like at one point, that was a big trend and obviously a lot of people love trends and sorts of jumping on band, bandwagons and doing this because it's popular and I, I think that's something that, that should change though I mean it's like you're not looking at it what's best for you you're looking at it because I'll dare do with it so I'll do it you know what I mean so yeah, yeah I think that needs to, to change Um, <clears throat> but moving forward so obviously we know like with with you mentioned it a bit earlier, but for you, is there any sort of techniques that are currently utilised um, that is unsafe for, for fighters and, like, if the is, I'm assuming you will be, what can be used instead of that practice that they do? So, like, I don't know how, how bad it is, but one technique a lot of people use is getting wrapped in towels and stuff, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Is, is that a, a good practice or is that a bad practice? And if that is... What can you do instead of it? Well, it's all it's all really in context. So you know, I, so if break it down from say what we spoke about before, and you've you've done all them acute weight loss strategies, and you've got one kilo to lose the day before, and you do a, a water cut, you can safely lose. Well, the research has shown you can lose around under five percent of your body mass. Um, for a water cut and we know we can safely put that water back in and have a confidence that that's going to go back into the cells and stuff like that but going above that 5% water cut that's when it starts going so I'll, I'll go I'll backtrack again sorry so you, <laughs> you've got to you've got to think about like the, the the body has like three water compartments so it's the intercellular fluid which is like fluid inside the cells which is like the kidneys the brain the muscle, then there's the extracellular fluid, which is like fluid around the cells, and then there's fluid in the plasma, which is the blood. So when you initially lose water, like when you initially sweat and lose water, like say, for example, you're sitting in the sauna bath, you begin to lose fluid from the blood. So that's that's pretty normal, you know, that's okay. But when you start going past the four or five percent that's when it starts pulling water from the kidneys and the, the brain cells and stuff like that. And that's, that's when we don't know whether your 
your post weighing refuel will get that water back into your body, you know? Yeah. So like you could you could lose you could lose five you could lose seven percent of your body weight through sitting in a sauna. Your you could have the adequate recommended refuel, but your brain may still lack fluid and then you're more prone to concussion then because yeah. you look at the brain look at the brain like a, a rock and a glass of water. When the glass of water's full, you, you shake it around and bang a lot. But when you pour water from when you drain half of it out and you 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 bang you bang the rock around again, it sort of clatters around. So think of the yeah. brain like that. So it's really educating on what a safe water cut to do. So as I mentioned, you don't really want to be going over five plus percent of your body mass. So five plus percent if you're weighing in and you're weighing in at 70 kilos, three and a, three and a half kilos, even though it's the it's the upper end of it, but like we know that we can we can from the research we can safely rehydrate it in that in that post weighing period if it's the day before weighing. But then when you start going above that, that's when it starts getting into sketchy areas. Then you you're getting into you know potential heat stroke, heat illnesses. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. But then, but then, but then, but then the same time, like a lot of guys go way above that five percent. Like you know, as I mentioned before, a guy's losing like you know nearly ten percent of the body weight in a water cut, and it's just like. Yeah, it. But like, there's the good thing about I mentioned before about the research in combat sports. There's there was a really good study doing the effects of a hot bath versus the Epsom salt bath because a lot of fighters use Epsom salt because they believe it enhances the theory is it enhances the osmotic pressure, so it basically enhances the fluids out of the body. Right. And they did a study where it was, uh, I think it was eight. I think it was eight grapplers or eight to ten grapplers. So they, they split them into two groups. They did a, f- um, a fresh water bath, which was 37 degrees, and they did an Epsom salt bath, which was like two kilos of Epsom salt in 125 litres of fluids and water, sorry, same temperature. And then Pro 12 was 20 minutes of the bath and then 40 minutes in the towel wrap. And then they measured the body mass loss after it, and there was no difference between the two. Right. But it was a really cool. It was a really cool study to show that, like, doing that protocol is safe. But you just got to get the right temperature and stuff like that. And um, so to answer your question about the towel wrap, like that's that's a a safe thing to do. But you've got to be in that lower range of the water cut to 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 do it safely. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> would you say then that really any method of weight cut can be safer as long as it's done in the right way yeah and if you're if you're in a decent range as i mentioned before about your you know you're on fight week and you you you're within that that safe range of body mass that you can lose you know you you've you've been eating lots of carbohydrates you've been eating lots of fiber you've still having salt in your diet like it, it just it, it my my philosophy is you, you've got to start early and like if you get it, if you get it right from the start, when it comes to that final week, it's a hell of a lot easier. And you like the countless times of our guys where like this is like the easiest way to cut bars. I can't like I should be like should I eat the day before? Yeah, eat. Oh, I've, I've, I've I cut food two days out. Like you can eat. It's cool. Like it's just educating them and doing it the right way. And like my job's done because I know guys who I work with, they're, they're not going to work with me forever. But if I can implement the right ways to do it and then they can go off into the, the sunset and do follow that advice, then yeah. my, my, job, my job's done then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so finally, we mentioned about goals earlier. Uh, have you made any more goals and where would you like to see condition nutrition in, in five years' time? So my next goal is I want to create um, like an online course. So I want to do like a I want to do like a a weight a weight cutting fight camp nutrition course. So I want to get people from people from like the USCPI to do to do videos on like what's the best way to talk more hydro like areas where I'm I'm got I'm I haven't got any expertise in. So for example, I talk about nutrition. 
then I'd have someone talking about mindset, someone who does mindset in that area, then someone who does, you know, S&C work and like getting all the best people in the in in this area and putting it into a course. It's a yeah. big, it's a big, it's a big project I want to work <laughs> on, but I feel like I feel like I feel like it's something that would really be good for people to have, and it's all in one go. And yeah, and and hopefully, you know, I'm I'm trying to expand condition nutrition as much as I can now so probably be having uh, like an intern under me in the next few months and yeah just keep on keep on going from there and just keep on doing like my thing is I keep on doing good work and um, keep doing what I'm doing like um, good things will come and just keep working hard and yeah that's my philosophy <laughs> yeah well but Peter, it's been great to talk to you today. It's been really, really insightful and eye-opening for us. Um, no worries. And no doubt that in the next five years, with, with the growth you've already had with the company um, in, in a short space of time, no doubt the next five years are going to be even bigger for you. So really looking forward to seeing your progress and, and seeing you continue to grow. Um, and Thank again, it's been, it's been a pleasure to have you on. No worries. I um, Yeah, good to have you on, but probably come on again soon. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Definitely. Time, welcome, welcome back anytime, I'm- mate. No worries, mate. Have a, yeah, both have a good day. It's good. Take it easy. See you, mate. This is the greatest. I love it. It was super necessary. Delicious.